listeners, welcome back to the pod. It's Chaz here with Rudy. Uh, Rudy has been on our show in the past, but it's been a while. Uh, Rudy, once again, welcome back, buddy. Well, I might be the older one of the two, but I still remember when I was here. So it's, it hasn't been that long ago. <laughs> uh, do, Rudy, do you just quickly want to uh, remind listeners of your background and then we'll kick into gear? Yes, for those for those who are not, not yet familiar with me, I um, I came to Australia in 2000 and I soon afterwards started uh, FN Arena, which is one of the very few truly independent uh, financial media on the internet uh, focused on Australia. And obviously I've, I've now been doing it for, for more than two decades. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's only fair to say that we we bring we bring an, an, an independent but also a, a, a original voice into into the uh, uh, finance industry in Australia, and um, I, I'd like to be part of that as well. I gotta say, Rudy, when I last last saw you, uh, you were much younger. <laughs> uh, must so have had shorter yeah. hair. I must have had so, shorter hair. So obvious. <laughs> so obviously, you have gained a lot of wisdom over here over the period of time. Isn't that? <laughs> yes, um, I've come to the conclusion that at the end of the day, nothing beats uh, experience. And, um, and I think what, what, what's happening in markets to this year, uh, one of the experiences uh, that I personally draw upon is, is uh, the experience of, of late 2007 into March 2009. So that was a, quite a long period when um, f- essentially... Uh, equity markets globally were in a similar position as this year. Mm-hmm. We we had we had multiple years of of extremely uh, bullish outcomes, mm-hmm. and at some at some stage that that just that simply turned, and and as the process because I, I always emphasize to people these are processes uh, contrary to to a, a class of investors or traders. Who, mm-hmm. who think that you can see the future in, in price charts and they know the outcome. Um, I'm, I'm convinced that you don't know the outcome. You, it's a process. And so whatever comes next in the process determines the, the next phase. Um, but the process is, is quite similar. to in, in the, in Basically, essentially, that the, uh, the prospects are getting uh, riskier and riskier and we're getting uh, increasingly a, a not so good uh, news scenario un- unfolding. And so everyone who, who in, in, in January or February thought Australia is going to remain um, immune to whatever is happening around the globe or whatever is happening in the United States obviously has had a, a little bit of a cold shower experience, uh, which started in May and, and, and in particular June, July. Particular June has been has been quite harsh for for the Australian share market, but I mean, uh, having a broader framework helps in in these situations. And um, I couldn't help but noticing that some of the the smart cookies around the world, um, investors with with long periods of experience and that do have a a macro top down uh, framework for 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 equities and financial assets. They were already warning in, in, in January that we will we were going to have a, a bear market this year. And of course, I, mean, I think uh, if you look at what has, has happened over the past, let's call it six and a half, seven months, um, increasingly investors have come to the conclusion and to, to, to the realization 
that this is more than just your your usual pullback or a little bit sideways tracking uh, equity markets. Um, this is more, and this is uh, potentially something that can be quite damaging to investment portfolios and to um, uh, to investment minds as well. Um, it, the question where a bear market actually starts and why and and how and that, that, that's very contentious and. I mean, there's parts of the, I would call them lazy media and and and, and some of the uh, stockbrokers, they, they will tell you it isn't a bear market until Nasdaq is down by 20%. But that's a bit ridiculous because history shows that a lot of assets go down by 20% and then are an excellent buy. So it's ridiculous to put your, to put your, I look more at, at, the, at the broader uh, framework and the dynamics uh, the volatility that kicks in, the, the underlying trend, uh, what we're now experiencing is essentially a, a drying up of volumes. But if you take if you take a, 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 a really macro approach, then there's a fair argument to be made that this bear market started already last year, about a year ago. And, and if you were paying attention, very close attention, then you would have noticed that um, this time last year, you had the more speculative elements of the US market, they were basically tripping over. And, and one of the references we can make for this is uh, Kathy Wood's uh, ARK fund or ETF, because she, she does have an ETF. And, and Kathy Wood was, was one of the champions of the previous bull market with tremendous returns and, and very, very popular. And, and in, in her slipstream, we had popular stocks like a Tesla and, and some of the biotechs, et cetera. And, and that started to come unstuck this time last year, actually a little bit earlier, but those were the early signs that uh, risk was retreated from, from, from markets. And it retreated first from the very speculative uh, sides before the next thing that happened um, were, the, were the mid caps and the small caps in the United States that were no longer keeping track with, with the major indices because the major indices are predominantly uh, driven by by half a dozen stocks, the Microsofts, the Apples, and and, and, the, and the Amazons. Now, next thing we know is uh, that all of a sudden uh, things start unraveling in in the crypto space. I mean, uh, I think the the NFTs probably were, were one of the first, and then we get the, the more the more speculative, the more vulnerable uh, business models and elements in the in the crypto space. And before you know it, it's a, it's a it's it's a big sell off in in everything that that that, that moves there. And, uh, and next thing you know is that the, 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 the smaller stocks in the NASDAQ and then subsequently we get, we get the large cap stocks uh, impacted in the US. And of course, I mean, if you, uh, my, my theory is that, that this process uh, develops um, in line with, 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 a, with a game of domino stones. I mean, one domino stone trips on the other one and pushes the other one over. So it was only waiting um, before the, the next domino stones would drop, including in Australia. And what you've seen is in, in May, I believe it was, that the, the local bank sector started to trip over. And subsequently, we saw that the mining stocks and the, and the, and the energy stock as well. Um, there's now big talks, uh, big conversation in the US that uh, private equity is the next one to unravel in the United States. Um, if you take a broader view into countries, we already see 
a small group of countries around the world, like Sri Lanka and, 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 and a few other ones, already getting into trouble, essentially. Mm-hmm. So this is essentially the same process as we've seen in 2008. I mean, um, it's just the timing is not quite different, but the principle is the same. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you ask why, why all this is happening, well, we've had, we've had a tremendous bull market since the GFC. We had a few interruptions, but in, in the end, it, we had a tremendous bull market. It was, it was helped by, by central bank policies and by, by ever putting more liquidity in the system. Mm-hmm. And liquidity is, an, is, a, is a fancy word for basically selling. We, 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 put, we put more and more money in the system, essentially. And it's all, mm-hmm. it's all built on debt. I mean, governments take on more debt. Central bankers uh, leverage their balance sheet, which is also more debt. Uh, interest rates go ever lower, so consumers take on more and more debt. And mm-hmm. before you know it, uh, a lot of businesses also use uh, the credit market. So there's, there's just debt everywhere. Um, that has always been regarded as a positive for risk assets, mm-hmm. and 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 risk assets is it includes uh, property, it includes uh, equity markets, but also credit, and also in extension of that, uh, mm-hmm. assets in the crypto world. Mm-hmm. And at some point, one would have to assume. At some point, we always had to assume that that liquidity has to has to be has to be withdrawn. Um, apart from the fact that um, as you put more and more money in the global system, is that for, for every dollar that you put in, you get less and less of a, of a, of a positive effect. So mm-hmm. that, that party can't continue anyway. It's a bit like uh, getting drunk at a party. You know I mean? The first mm-hmm. few beers that you have, they're really nice, but uh, number 22 doesn't taste the same anymore. And you're drunk by that, that, that stays anyway. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so central bankers are very well aware that they just can't keep pushing more money in the system. Mm-hmm. And then the question, of, of course, always was, um, once they start withdrawing it, what, what will be then? Like if, we, if we accept that the previous phase where we put more money in the system is a positive for risk assets, mm-hmm. so w- what then is the negative from the moment we start withdrawing it? And I think mm-hmm. this—that's what we sort of like seeing this year. We, we see, we see crypto assets falling out of bed. We see uh, equity markets uh, going through a very tough time. Uh, we see bond markets uh, correcting in a uh, a violent way that um, that most people have no reference for in history. Um, so it's quite violent. It's quite it's quite pronounced. It's quite remarkable and. Um, how, as an investor, you, you cope with this is, is very personal, but um, I've been saying to people, like, you just make sure that um, when this whole process runs its course, that you don't end up with, uh, with having lost your, your shirt and your trousers and your socks mm-hmm. and, and, your, and your bed and breakfast uh, table, um, because it's, it's all good and well to speculate on the fact that when this is over, this process, we will most likely see the newborn bull market uh, coming up next. Mm-hmm. And while we all can, um, can look forward to, oh, we, could, we might see a doubling in, in prices in a very brief time by then, <clears throat> you have to make sure that you don't lose, lose 60 or 70% before that. Because mm-hmm. if you go down by 60% and then you go up by 100%, you're still down on your money. Mm-hmm. And that's assuming that, you, that, that it does go up by 100%. Um, some of the more, the more bearish um, 
scenarios out there might might mean that we might we might be in a pickle for for quite a for quite a longer time this time around. But um, as always with forecasts, um, they are incredibly difficult to make, in particular about the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, now everyone can make forecasts, but uh, it's 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 like how accurate are they? And, and most mm-hmm. forecasts, obviously, and we've seen that as, again. I mean, I, I still remember in two thousand eight. Um, and those who were not around, I can guarantee you the, the, the situation at some points was incredibly dire. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were, there were, there were um, definitely a number of people around who were, who were thinking that uh, we would go through, a, through something like an ice age uh, decade. And that's how dire it looked. Mm-hmm. But things can turn around and, and things have turned around as we, as we now know in hindsight. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you, you took you took a few years out of the of the calendar, and and, and we were definitely in a, in a new bull market, which which just raged on until until uh, earlier this year. Um, so the question always is, can this turn around? It probably it probably will at some point, mm-hmm. uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean it it will happen uh, tomorrow or next week or even next month or even um, in in six months from now. Um, it's as I said earlier, it's a, it's a, it's a process. And I think um, the best way to cope with this as an investor is to um, to hunker down, um, to accept the fact that um, sometimes the sun shines outside, and that's the days when you think like, "Oh, I want to play. I want to go out and play golf. I want to surf in the ocean. I want to do long walks. Uh, all of that." And as we've experienced on the on the eastern board now of Australia, sometimes it just keeps pouring day after day. And, and you just have to accept them, that those are not the days maybe to, to go out for long walks without an umbrella or to, uh, to have the ambition that you're actually going to play 18 holes of golf because uh, the whole golf course is underwater. Mm-hmm. And, and, I was, and, I, and I, I'm using those practical examples um, to, ac- to actually describe how I, how I think about the share market as well, about how I, th- I think about... Um, uh, financial markets. Right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the season, the, the bigger forces, they are simply not accommodative for 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 larger risk taking, and and you and you and you gain you gain not much as an investor in trying to be a hero in those times. Right? Um, just as a, as a, as a sidestep, uh, and and that's I mean a lot of retail investors. They always think that the professionals, they always know what to do and stuff like that, but it's actually not the case. I mean, I've, I've over the past few days, I've seen a number of, of professional fund managers who whose uh, performance is, is down by 25% or something over the past six months. Now, right? mm. uh, I mean, that's a quarter of all their money that basically has evaporated uh, at a time when, when risk-taking was not being rewarded. Huh? Um, if everything else stays normal, it can take really a long time before you make up just 25%. Uh, and that just shows you that it, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging time, not, not just for, for, uh, for Joe Bloggs and, and, uh, and, and, and his wife, but uh, it's a challenging time for everyone in the industry. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it affects, and it has affected this year, um, all financial assets and, and those financial assets, and I, and I truly believe this, those financial assets that have as far not been affected much, and that would be uh, uh, property in Australia, for example, it, uh, it has hardly 
come down in price. Uh, you can also add the, the energy sector. And, and to a certain extent, you can, there's, there are some segments of the, of the mining industry as well. I, I think it, the, the domino theory will remain in place, that framework. And at some stage, those assets, they will, they will drop, just like as happened in 2008. And, and that is simply the way, the way these things work. So I wouldn't be too comfortable in um, in thinking that I have a few stocks at the moment that may, 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 maybe haven't gone down yet uh, this year. Um, it may just be a matter of time. Now, for 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 share market investors, the, it, it's I think it's quite interesting and important to understand um, what actually has been happening, and because if you understand it, it it, it gives you a, lot, a larger. It doesn't make the challenge less, but at least you you understand what is happening. And what, as you as as we as we both might have might have deduced from uh, from the introduction I've given, at first we got the, the pricing out of excessive risk taking of, of of excessive valuations that made that made very little sense. I mean, um, in in in, a, in the drawback to to the year two thousand when the Nasdaq melted down in in, uh, in in those days, we again had taken. The view that uh, if, as long as you're young and and exciting and you you represent the future, it doesn't matter if you're if you're cash flow positive or you or you actually have customers or revenue. I mean, the share price would go up anyway. You would buy it anyway, right? Um, and of course, that that top, that type of, of company uh, that, that share price has gone down by. I mean, uh, 70, 80, 90 percent and more, and, and, and predominantly in the United States, but we've, we've, we've plenty of examples in Australia as well. So that's the excessive price, the excessive risk taking that has been, that has been punished now. Now, the next phase, what we've seen is that because bond yields had been um, artificially held back to a very low level to, to, to help the recovery in economies and, and, and asset markets, once that corrected, that had that always was going to have a pronounced impact on on, 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 on equities basically because it's pure mathematics right? um, and, and and that's how these things go <clears throat> higher bonds lower valuations for equity market so uh, a 10 to 15 20 percent drawdown in equities was shouldn't should not surprise no, but we've we've sort of gone through that process because i don't think bond yields can can go a lot further from where they've been um, one, one simple reason is that um, there's, there's way too much debt out there on all levels. Mm-hmm. And it goes without saying, you increase bond yields, you increase the, the, the burden that those debts, debt mountains put on everyone who has a, who has a loan in, in, in some way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a limitation. We've seen that in asset prices, but now I think the, the big challenge that lays ahead now is, is corporate profits. And, 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 and because it's, it's a gradual process and because um, analysts are once again behind the curve, which they usually are in this, at these big moments in time when, 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 when things turn for the worse, mm-hmm. we now will have to establish uh, what's the right level for uh, corporate profits and for valuations that correspond with those profits. And that's the process that we will go through now. Um, it, I have no doubt that it will be painful. Uh, mm-hmm. It will be full of surprises, and um, and we, we we can't accurately predict 
at this point in time, which companies will be affected more and which ones less. We can we can make educated guesses, but it it'll be it'll it'll be a mixed match of of a lot of disappointments uh, and a lot of misses. The offsetting the offsetting factor is is that a lot of sh- many of the share prices um, have already come down quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may well be that some some sectors in the market uh, will find themselves oversold and have to again 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 recover with with some confidence, but. We have to find that out. I mean, we um, we are about to start on a new reporting season in the United States, uh, which will be very important. And 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 for maybe it comes too early. Maybe the next reporting season will give more insights. But um, the United States starts with a record high profit margins coming out of COVID, mm-hmm. and and and. Um, Equity investors traditionally underestimate how much a combination of um, pressure on margins and pressure on the demand side, which basically means they might um, they might make not only less revenue but also le- smaller profits out of lesser revenue. How the combination of those two, from a pure mathematical calculation, can have quite a pronounced um, effect on, on where the share prices will end up. Mm. And um, um, the logical conclusion that, that people always draw is that with the market is down about 20% in the United States, Australia, mm. Australia is a bit less. Surely um, the bad news is priced in until you realize that if, if margins do come down here and we, we get a little bit of uh, pressure on the, on the revenue side, uh, that share price can easily go down another twenty percent from here, and um, and that's basically the balance that I put forward to um, to investors who pay attention to me, <laughs> which is not everyone in the market. <laughs> and I and I always try try to tell them this is the balance that you that you that you have to find in how you approach this. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to find a balance between the fact that things can get things already have have, I mean, have, have been quite damaging, and and hopefully, if people had uh, have listened to me, that they they hopefully had, had made some precautionary um, prepare uh, preparations, and 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 that that includes amongst other things um, putting quite some money in cash. By the way, mm-hmm. um, if you realize that. Um, a, an accelerated tightening by central bankers was always going to have the effect that um, no financial asset would be left untouched except cash. Um, then, then you realize that cash is king in, in, in one of those few years. And we've seen that. We've seen that. Most, most investment portfolios um, that combine bonds and equities this year, and let, let's, let's, let's just not include the other, the other assets, but if they combine bonds and equities, uh, I, I believe that 2022 thus far is the worst year for those uh, for that type of, of, of portfolios outside of the GFC. Mm. But we're only halfway in comparison to the GFC. The GFC still had uh, nine months to go or so. So we, we can easily catch up on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to, and this this is always the this is always the balance that you have to find as an investor. It doesn't have to go down by another twenty percent. It is possible, um, and that's the balance you have to you have to uh, you have to make as an investor. Like where 
Where do you put your cash? Uh, how long do you keep it on the sidelines? How confident can you be uh, to put it in the market? Because I mean, the worst thing to do is that you that you've waited long enough, then you put your cash back in the market, and then the market does another drawdown of fifteen to twenty percent. Yeah, and that is quite soul wrenching if that happens to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 in reference to the to the two thousand eight GFC years. Um, I remember quite vividly that people who at that time uh, refused to take action in their portfolios and and and, and, and believed in the narrative that the, that the, the in particular the equities market um, is trying to put on investors that as long as you wait long enough it'll it'll come all good. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've seen people who, who who absolutely destroyed after after the GFC because their their portfolio had fallen by so much. Um, and they were never going to make up for it anymore. Right? Um, uh, if, if there's any criticism, um, people believe, truly believe that equity markets only go up over time, but they don't realize that that's the index and the index does not necessarily represent your portfolio or the stocks that you own. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some of the, the, the easiest uh, straightforward uh, examples I can always put forward is that I mean, National Australia Bank uh, traded uh, uh, at $42, $43 in 2007. Um, they've never gone anywhere, anywhere near that uh, over the decade plus since. Um, I mean, Woodside Petroleum shares uh, peaked at $73 in 2008. Now, have, you, have you looked at the price now? After, after this year's or last year's rally, it's halfway, not even there. Uh, well, some people might say, like, yeah, but they pay dividends. But um, then the counter argument is, of course, that you should also take into account that your returns should be corrected for inflation. And, and then the, the picture actually becomes even worse. And I think, I think the, the long and the short is, is that don't automatically assume that, um, that share prices only go up over time. They don't. And, and, and don't assume that in, in, a, in a big drawdown event as we are going through this year, that share prices by definition stop at fair value. I mean, they don't. I mean, back in the GFC, everything was cheap, pretty much everything, with the exception of maybe uh, Telecom New Zealand and CSL at the time. Um, But everything became really, really cheap. And that's why the subsequent uh, recovery rally is is so strong and so violent uh, into the positive. Um, But before we get there, we still have to get through the through this phase. And this phase can, can go on for quite a while. And um, I don't have the answers. I don't think anyone has the answers. Um, but the, 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 the tricky part at this juncture of where we are is not just corporate profits and margins. I mean, it is that we, we yet <clears throat> haven't found out whether an accelerated tightening by, by central bankers is actually going to bring inflation to its knees in, in the short term. So under, <clears throat> there are still various scenarios possible there. And as a matter of fact, I, I communicated um, two of the more bearish um, market commentators this week to uh, FN Arena subscribers. And the irony was that both have a complete opposite view of what is going to happen uh, over the next year or so, or next six months to 12 months. But both end up with a very, very bearish end outcome for equity markets. Mm. And and that's basically a a, a doubling of the losses that we've seen so far. 
and also uh, much more prolonged in, 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 in time as well. So it will take a lot more time. And that's the, that's the, big, that's the big question mark here. We, we cannot assume that this is going to be a smooth process or automatically end up um, in a positive sense in, over the next weeks or months. Um, this can go off the rails. And the problem is, is that we, we have inflation that is actually out of control of the central bankers, yet the central bankers are trying to do their best that we don't end up with a period of high inflation like we did in the, in the 1970s, which is not an easy task because inflation is essentially uh, out of their control. So they, the only way that they can do this is by depressing consumer sentiment, by depressing asset valuations, and by taking the momentum out of the economy. And this, of course, is once you realize this, is, uh, then, then almost the conclusion is that if, we, if, if we're not going to have a recession, then we're basically going to be very, very close to it because inflation is, is, is quite high and, and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't come down because we wish it to be down. I mean, it has to be forced down now. And forcing down inflation by, by depressing economic growth um, before you know it, you get a process that they can only end up with a negative outcome, which would be an economic recession. Right? And, and economic recessions, they can, be, they, can be, uh, they can be a process in themselves. And that's unfortunately, that's the, that's the prospect that we have. So uh, taking, a, taking a positive view is that we are going to have uh, very dismal growth next, next year, but it won't be negative. Um, which means we still we still need to prepare our portfolios for, for some tougher times. Uh, but it also means that um, central bankers maybe at some in the not too distant future can can start to relax. Inflation will come down, and then equity markets at some point in 2023 they can they can take a more uh, they can look forward to a uh, a more positive outlook again. And that most likely because of the situation in, in which we are and, and, and the, the mountain of debt that we have built up over the, over the past decade, mm -hmm. that most likely will involve that central bankers, not long after they've, they've stopped uh, hiking interest rates, they, uh, they will start cutting interest rates again. And they will have to start supporting uh, assets and, and economies again. And then, of course, we have to find out whether that also leads to a, a resurgence in inflation. Because if that's the case, then yes, we have a, we have a problem, Houston. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then we will have to, uh, we probably have to involve governments to, uh, to do a combined attack or something along those lines, because we can't have it, that, that constant yo-yoing between attacking inflation and then, and then pushing it back, back, back up again. And, and this is, I mean, ask any intelligent economist and, and who's honest about this, and they will they will tell you that um, we don't really we don't really have a good grip on inflation. We don't really know uh, how it builds and how it accumulates and how it settles and, and all of that. We have we have we have some ideas. Hopefully, we are we are going through the toughest time uh, right now, and we will soon see uh, inflation uh, falling off a cliff without. Economy is falling off a cliff, and that would be quite a, quite a good outcome. Um, it, there's no guarantees in, the, in this in this uh, in this process. Uh, under a worst case scenario, 
inflation will not come down um, and central bankers will have to continue uh, tightening until literally uh, the, the world the world ends up in a recession. Or the alternative is central bankers decide, okay, recession is worse than inflation, so we, we stick with inflation and inf- investors should not underestimate that how bad news that is as well. I mean... Um, there's always a reference made to, to the 1970s when inflation picked up and central bankers didn't have the courage to, uh, to attack it. The 1970s, apart from the fact that we all wore uh, long hair and blue jeans and, and we, uh, we would repair our clothes instead of buying new, new pants. And, we, and we, we had great music in the 1970s. I can, I can vouch for that one. But we had terrible investment markets, absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um, you would not want to be in equities in, in, in such an environment. I mean, I, I can guarantee you, I've, long before today, I, um, I read an interview with, with, with some of the fund managers who, who were there in the mid-70s, um, and they probably still have nightmares about that period. I mean, um, there were periods when, when you would come at the office as a fund manager or as an investor, and, and the share market would fall uh, a little bit every day. It's like the, the death by a million cuts. And, mm-hmm. and by the end of the time, uh, by the end of the period, the, the, the markets would be down by more than 70%, 7-0. Uh, and then, of course, you get a big rally again, and then and then just starts again. Uh, terrible period. Um, I mean, equities do not protect against against uh, a very, very, very high inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what does work under such a scenario is, is gold. Um, and, and one of the reasons why gold hasn't worked this year is because we're not in that scenario yet. Um, the market, the market has not taken the the conviction that that uh, inflation will remain at these high levels that we have. I mean, seven, eight, nine percent. There's there's talk that some of the inflation readings might actually be, might end up in double digits um, in some countries. Um, that's high, but as long as Markets don't believe it will, will remain that high. Um, there's, there's no need to start stacking up on, on, on baked beans, tin beans, and, and gold yet. Um, and, and gold, hopefully people realize this. Um, gold, gold essentially is being driven by, by U.S. bond yields corrected for inflation. Uh, and that's still that's still heavily negative at the moment. But if the, if the central bankers get their way, that will start shrinking in that bond yields probably shouldn't go much further from here, but, but inflation will come down. So corrected for inflation, the picture will, will deteriorate for gold. It will become uh, lower and lower. <laughs> and, and that's basically the reason why gold doesn't go anywhere. Despite having a, despite having a war and despite all the narratives that you buy, you buy gold as an inflation protection. Um, as always details matter. And, um, uh, the narrative of gold as an inflation protector um, is not the only one that has fallen out of bed in this uh, in this uh, period. Um, I remember that um, cryptocurrencies were seen as an inflation protection, and that that narrative has also uh, fallen on his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the funny thing with financial markets. I mean, in bull markets, we all have our narratives and. Um, and we can all abide by it and, and discuss uh, and debate uh, those narratives. But 
um, I'm always waiting for when when the true test comes for those narratives, and and you will find that um, 80 85 percent of those narratives they they don't hold they don't stack up when when reality hits us in the face, and um, and and that's I mean that's part of the process as well. Wow, really? I really didn't want to interrupt your thoughts, so I'm like let you finish before before I start asking the questions. Um, what a summary! Uh, <laughs> I hope so, I made you. I hope I made you wiser a little bit <laughs> every day. Um, so, Rudy, I got a couple of questions uh, on a few of the things that you mentioned. Uh, one was the uh, on the earning estimates uh, in the stock market. If if I if I was to look at the next twelve months, uh, I was looking at the earning estimates for the next twelve months and. Uh, for the members of S&P 500, it's sitting in the negative territory. When I say negative, they're about negative 50% almost, right? Which sort of alludes to what you were just saying before that whether the market, bear market has ended or there's more, more to be seen. Um, is that fair to say that this chart is sort of a reflection of that? I'm not, I'm not sure what, which, which chart in particular you're, you're talking about. That must be the revisions or something. Like, because it's, I believe... sorry, sorry, I forgot to mention that it was actually published by Fidelity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like the, the official forecast for the, for the US market and for Australia is that, is that, is that profits uh, on average will, will still be positive uh, on average for the two years ahead. But just about everyone thinks that that's, that's not going to stack up. And, and also those average numbers, both in Australia and in the US, are being propped up in, in considerably by the energy sector. So if, if, you, if you take out the energy sector, the numbers will, will be negative already. However, um, those numbers are not negative enough. That's sort of like the general consensus. And, and, and then, of course, we have to find out um, uh, like how, how, how negative they, they, they have to be. And the combination, there are multiple factors in play. Um, I mean, it's about how cautious exactly are consumers going to be when house prices fall and when, uh, when their bond portfolios are being trashed and when equity markets are no longer going up. Because for some people, that's, that's quite a big hit in their wealth that they are experiencing. Um, and then, then we haven't even mentioned the, the household budgets, of course. Uh, everything gets more expensive and that there's some pressure there as well. Uh, I mean, I don't drive, and uh, but I, I, I hear a lot of horror stories about people now still uh, driving a traditional car and then having to go to the, the petrol station and getting a half a heart attack. Um, that's one of the question marks we have. But Margins are are a very important um, factor in that in that as well, and as I said earlier, coming out of coming out of the pandemic, a lot of uh, sectors, a lot of companies uh, have been experiencing um, all time high margins, um, which are probably not going to be uh, sustained over the next two years. Can have quite a pronounced uh, effect. The most important thing, maybe, to remember in this context is, is, is that this too is a is a process. And what usually happens is that equity markets they don't follow what companies report in profits. They follow what analysts are expecting, are forecasting. 
Mm-hmm. So the adjustment has to happen in, in analyst forecasts. Mm-hmm. And usually what happens, not always, but usually what happens is that equity markets find it very, very difficult to, to go up and, and to sustain those gains when um, forecasts by analysts are trending downwards. Mm-hmm. Now, on, on some people's um, insights, um, we are now facing um, at least three months potentially more of downward revisions to analyst forecasts. On some people, some people think it'll last into next year, which basically means between now and next year, equity markets, all else being equal, should have a very difficult time in, in rallying, mm-hmm. unless we, we see something fundamentally changing. Something fundamentally changing can also be that inflation starts, uh, starts falling and quite rapidly, and that markets all of a sudden think like, oh, wait a minute, we're, we're, we are experiencing quite a fundamental change here. And that could also be a, a quite a, a big uh, catalyst for markets. Mm-hmm. And the other one, of course, is that, um, is that central bankers uh, change, change whatever they're doing. And I think that, that given, I mean, depending on where share prices will be at that point in time, that, mm-hmm. might, that might almost by definition trigger quite a, quite a big rally. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because I mean, one of the reasons why we are uh, fearing a recession is because central bankers are tightening quite quite rapidly and quite aggressively. Um, because economically, previously we didn't we didn't really have too many problems with that, uh, not on the surface. And um, but it, it, anyway, you can tell there are multiple factors in play here. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not an analyst myself. I have no idea why it takes such a long time to, to adjust forecasts um, lower. But what we also should, should take it in, into consideration is that um, virtually none of those forecasts are incorporating an economic recession. And things always get worse with the recession. And people tend to underestimate this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked up this week that um, um, if an economic recession comes, that uh, forecasts, uh, in profits then have to fall by between 16 and, and 40 percent. Um, 16 is, is, is it doesn't sound that much but um, most people are um, that I pay attention to they, they think earnings need to fall by 20 percent from here. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 percent of course uh, that means we, we have we haven't quite a we have quite a, a noticeable recession. I mean mm-hmm. uh, profits do not just fall by 40 percent but again, you can get there quite easily, right? All you need is, is the consumer spending less and, uh, and inflation eating into your margins. And before you know it, you are reporting 30, 40% less profits. In particular for companies that are not as robust as the, as the high quality companies in the share market. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, why the more cautious uh, investment advisors um, and commentators, like for example myself, why we why we converge around defensive, high-quality business models through these periods, mm-hmm. because I can virtually guarantee you, um, a recession or not, the profits for Woolworths or CSL uh, they're not going to drop by twenty or forty percent next year. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but for a lot of other businesses, 
that that remains um, that remains a potential that should not be ignored, and that is not necessarily already reflected in in today's share prices. Even though some of those share prices have come down quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts, Rudy, on the credit spreads? Uh, currently, if you look at the again, this chart was again by Pedalardi. Mm. If you look at the credit spreads, currently they are at its uh, uh, highest point. If I was to exclude March 2020, yes, uh, since since March 2020, what yeah. is that telling us about the market? That is that is telling you that the market is increasingly um, uh, preparing for a recession, and mm. uh, and that and that and, and, and credit spreads it need to go uh, higher because again you you need to make a difference between those companies who are very unlikely. To, to find a lot of, of problems when, when, when the economic deceleration kicks in mm-hmm. and, and other companies that are more, more likely, more vulnerable to, uh, to slowing growth, uh, maybe even negative growth next year. Mm-hmm. So this, this is a normal process. This has to happen. This is, I mean, when I get a question from investors uh, telling me like, uh, Rudy, how should I protect my portfolio uh, against inflation? I say to those investors, Man, you're so behind the curve here. I mean, that is so early 2022. Yeah, now mm. you should worry about the about the economic growth, about the recession. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, let's hope that we don't we don't get a we don't get a, a, a deep recession and high high inflation because that would be a review of the 1970s, which I alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. But if everything goes going to the normal patterns, then we should now get. I mean, we either get a recession or we will be very close to it. That should take care. That should take care for the time being of inflation, but it should also also take care of of profits and margins, and and of course, and that's why uh, that's why bond yields um, are inverting in the United States, where where shorter term bonds are higher than than longer term bonds, and that's why credit spreads are are are, are rising. Because we are preparing, some of those companies they they will go out of business, and mm. and they should go out of business. Um, but maybe this is also a time to remind everyone that, um, according to some estimates, um, about a fifth of global companies uh, has officially the label of zombie companies, mm. which basically means they don't generate enough operational cash flow to pay off their debt. Mm-hmm. Or, um, and, and that is a worry um, because what that means is that as we go through this tightening process with higher bond yields, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. we will almost by definition see companies going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we don't know which ones. We've already seen in China some of the developers ending up against the wall. And we've seen in Australia some of the smaller uh, building companies uh, going mm-hmm. out of business. Mm-hmm. But this, but this is by no definition the the end of the road. Uh, yet there will be more, almost by definition. Uh-huh. Also, really, um, before at the very start, you were obviously mentioning about the how this closely relates or reminds you back of two thousand eight, right? Yes. Now, when we look at something like the uh, the bond market volatility volatility index. Um, it's setting. It's sitting at its um, sitting at its not all time high, but would be close. Yes, it's 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 close. It's close to 
2009 is what I'm trying to get to, mm-hmm. um, which means that there is some kind of a fear in the treasury or the bond market. Um, do you see liquidity in the treasury market becoming a issue for Fed? And does that mean that this can actually get worse than 2008? Or uh, that is just a temporary spike that we are talking here? Yeah. Um, the volatility, it doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I mean, I actually thought that the volatility would be, would be higher this year than in 2008, but it turns out it's, it's not, not there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, the volatility this year, this year is for different reasons. Yeah? Similar but different because we, mm-hmm. we, we have to make a switch this year because we are, we are correcting the bonds from, from exceptionally low, um, low levels in terms of yield. So exceptionally high levels of mm-hmm. pricing the bonds, we we had to we had to reset that in, because inflation was coming and we get higher interest rates. Yeah, mm-hmm. but next thing you see is that the bond market also has to have an eye on the on the on the economic growth on mm-hmm. on 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 the, on the potential recession. So that by definition means a lot of a lot of volatility. There's a lot of factors to take into account here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I always refer to 1994 as a as a comparison, and that was also back then the, the Federal Reserve had to accelerate tightening to to uh, because of inflation, and mm-hmm. what you see is that bonds end then with with losses, mm-hmm. and bo- in 1994 both equities and bonds uh, ended the year with losses. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it was always um, a given that 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 would be the, ca- the case this year as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have to, what I, I'm not so sure whether we should keep an eye on liquidity in the bond market, but liquidity in credit markets definitely, because um, mm-hmm. we are. Um, I mean, we may have forgotten about this one, but in in 2019, before the pandemic, and after the Federal Reserve had already um, reversed course and they were no longer tightening, the repo market in in, in the United States pretty much uh, froze up. And and this, and and the Federal Reserve had to the Federal Reserve in New York had to uh, had to had to take action there, mm-hmm. and those are the kind of things that 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 will happen if you re- if you retreat liquidity from the system. You never know where exactly, mm-hmm. um, but again, as I said earlier, as this process uh, develops, we will have these these left of field uh, developments, and we never know where they happen, and mm-hmm. and central bankers will be very well aware of the of those. Uh, uh, possibilities absolutely mm-hmm. also this morning there was uh, was it this morning or yesterday there was a, a chart published by bank of america which uh, was looking at the total um total spending excluding the grocery and the gas split split by income group mm. um aggregated mm. and the spending if you look at has gone into the negative territory Mm. Yes. Yes. No, well, if, well, well, you know, you know, at the moment it's not negative because consumers are using their savings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, there's this typical thing about about us humans. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want to be forced into anything. We just want to continue doing what we're doing. So if we, if we don't have enough money to to keep up with spending, then mm-hmm. we we simply use our savings to make up for the difference. Yeah. Well, of course, you and I know. 
and everyone knows at some point the savings will run out and that we will not be able to compensate for it. Mm-hmm. And then we will have to, unfortunately, we will have to. And this is the reason, this is the reason why um, retail stocks and, and consumer-oriented stocks uh, in Australia and, and internationally mm-hmm. have been sold down quite quite hard. And, and this mm-hmm. is this is part of the the reason why financial markets are, are a little bit worried about economic growth next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in particular in Australia, I mean, most economists are predicting that the big fall in house price and property prices will be next year, not this year. I mean, mm-hmm. Even though the process has already started this year. Mm-hmm. So the, well, the, the logical assumption to make is that if that happens, um, consumer spending will, will, will disappoint to the downside. And, and people mm-hmm. will maybe hibernate, hunker down, uh, stop spending, uh, you name it. Um, mm-hmm. These are, these are gradual and usually quite slowly developing processes, but financial markets can be quite quick in anticipating. And, um, and mm-hmm. as I said earlier, I mean, some of those share prices, they might, they might be too cheap. I don't know. We'll have to mm-hmm. find out how much, how much we're all still spending in, uh, in six months or nine months from now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh... I don't have many more questions, Rudy. Just one more thing that got published earlier this morning maybe was uh, Washington Press Secretary uh, released a statement on the inflation that expect the CPI data to be highly inflated. Now, I don't know whether they're trying to job on the market or whether they are uh, trying to spread a FUD, what it is, but do you have any take on that? The, the thing is, I, I, I follow the debates as, as much as anyone else, and, and there's always that um, uh, debate or whether whether uh, lower commodity prices and, and, and the fall in energy prices, how quickly that translates in, into those official statistics. I try to steer away from, 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 from the debate uh, a few days before they are published. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a qualified economist. Um, um, for me, it, it's more about the trends, and it's more about how that impacts on on on, uh, on investor confidence. And what I what I am watching is how confident are investors around the globe that inflation is going to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you now, and you see that from price action. Well, there's no confidence now, mm-hmm. and and so we will we will have to see those statistics to come down, and probably more than just one statistic. Mm-hmm. Before we can all get get confident again that maybe we're 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 we're, uh, we're witnessing a new trend, which mm-hmm. will ultimately a positive for share markets, but mm-hmm. if that would be the case in the short term, we would by definition be in a very embryonic early stage of that, and so mm-hmm. probably way too early. But we should all we should all pay attention. I mean, it's it's the trend that matters. It's not the actual nominal value. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Uh, really appreciate your thoughts, Rudy, and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for answering some of those questions and providing some clarification. Uh, there's a lot of data out there, and there's a lot of noise out there with mm. what's going on. Um, I, I love how you gave the examples about you know um, for the for the investors who um, try and take. Um, lot of risk or just assume that the stock market is always going to go up. The examples of NAB and WPL are still uh, 
mm. below their 2008 high or whatever that year is yeah. uh, it's it's great uh, it, it's a great reminder i think for everyone that market doesn't always goes up and stocks don't always recover uh, there, there there's good times and there's bad times and you got to be very careful with what you're doing where you're parking your money absolutely and and one yeah. of the things i always say to people is don't 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 hook yourself with one forecast or with two forecasts I mean, forecasts are just forecasts but mm-hmm. i i think a better way for for investors is to assess risk which is equally difficult but i sometimes think that's easier to do mm-hmm. and and um i mean like if if you own a house you hopefully you can take insurance on your house mm-hmm. um hopefully nothing happens to your house so the insurance that you bought it's not lost money it's just mm-hmm. I mean, you hope it's never, it doesn't doesn't kick in mm-hmm. and 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 my, my the best advice so to speak i can give to investors is whatever you do whatever strategy you follow uh, it doesn't matter whatever forecast your your bias is towards it doesn't matter just make sure that if the scenario that plays out is different that you don't lose you don't lose half your capital or something something stupid like that and mm-hmm. i think that's more important than than trying to be Harry Hindsight <coughs> and, and or try to make forecasts by yourself or try to pick the forecast that suits you best. You know? mm-hmm. This is all this is all about at the end of the day, um, you want to survive this and you wanna mm-hmm. and you wanna you, you want your capital to survive this and you want to be ready for when 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 the next bull market arrives. Mm-hmm. Think of the capital markets forecast like weather forecast of Melbourne, which changes every 10 minutes. Mm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, had great, great fun, Rudy. Uh, you always like having a chat with you. So thanks for, thanks for jumping me. on. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be. Time. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be back again. Reporting season is upon us anyway, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> to the listeners, not a financial advice. Do your own research. Play safe, stay safe. Don't over leverage, and we will catch you guys next time.